Praise the Lord. As we gather our attention to this text in the gospel according to Matthew 16 chapter, it begins that Jesus from this time on, he began telling his disciples that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem. And that he would suffer many terrible things. Y'all see that? The New Living Translation says many terrible things. At the hands of the elders, the, lead, the religious leaders, and the priests, and the teachers of the law. He said he would be killed, but on the third day, he'll be raised from the dead. We gather our attention at this text here where Peter interjects to him as takes him to the side. Peter says, wait a minute, Lord, I, I don't agree with what you are saying. My Bible reminds me that a ruler is supposed to be here and he's supposed to have the kingdom on his shoulders. You're supposed to be bringing folks to their knees, not them bringing you to your knees. They're supposed to be under your authority, not you to be under their authority. That's not how I understand this to be. So he took him aside and, and, and rebuked him, reprimanded him. Some correctors say he tried to correct him. Watch out somebody. That we get caught up in our lives trying to tell Jesus what's right. As if we know better. That we know better than the Lord, the creator, the almighty counselor himself. Some of y'all looking at me says, I don't do that. <laughs> if you wait for a moment, look over your life for a while, and you tell the truth on yourself, you're going to find this been many times. You went your way, not his way. And then you cried out, oh, Lord, help me, because you want him to bail you out because you went the wrong direction. Am I talking to somebody here this morning? Realizing that just as Peter, I find myself in that same way, hearing one thing and, 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 and want to come against it and say, pull the Lord to a side for him and say, hey, this is not a part of the plan. And look how Jesus rebukes him. Get behind me. Satan, New Living Translation says, get away from me. Satan says, you are a dangerous trap to me. Why is that? Because you are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not seeing it from God's view. Help me tell your neighbor this real quick. Say, so you need to see it from God's view. Ephesians, the writer in Ephesians says, that I pray that the Lord will open up your eyes of your heart to see the hope of his calling. It says of his calling. Some of us need to realize that if you don't have a profession yet, that you ought to go ahead and say, I want to be an optometrist. I want to be an eye doctor. I want to help give sight. Y'all missing <laughs> Too many times that we want to do other things, but we need to help open some people's eyes up to see what the Lord has for them. I'm going to get back to my text, but I just want to point out that Jesus is letting him know that you're seeing it from humans' view, and humans' views got some problems. Uh, human views not as good as it used to be. I, I had to go uh, 
get to, to the DMV to get another driver's license because, you know, a date's come. You got to go get a new license, and I got glasses now. Uh, do you need your glasses to drive? I, I don't think so. You know, we got to still be cool, you know. So I, I took it off. The left eye was strong. Right eye was weak. She had mercy on me. Said, "You all right? Just your 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 right eye is a little bit a little weak. So you go ahead. Say no, no. So no, no, no rule on this. I gotta drive with my glasses. Either I don't drive without But the situation is that the human view is limited, but God's view is perfect. And so we see here that He's letting us know that we need to see it from God's view and not human view." And so we are going to be optometrists, and we're going to open up some people's eyes being doctors. We will let them see sin for what sin is and righteousness for what it is. Because think about how we are in need of role models. We are in need of mentors, good examples of husbands and wives loving one another so that other people can see, hello, somebody, what it's supposed to look like. Because they see everything else. They see how a player plays. They see how a thug abuses and robs and steals and kills. They hear how snitches get stitches. But we need to show them how the truth shall set you free. What God has put together, let no man put asunder. They need to see the right example so you can open up the eyes. So I know you saw that way, but that's not the right way. Let, let's see it from God's view. Am I talking to somebody here this morning? And so look what happened after he rebukes, uh, rebukes uh, Satan looking at Peter. 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 If you look a little bit earlier, Peter already confessed that you are the Messiah. The son of the living God. He already acknowledged to him, I know who you are. But then he goes on to say, but your plan don't, don't line up. <laughs> we, too, are just like Peter that we know who he is. But are we willing to surrender to his plan? And so in this process, not only did Jesus look at it, personally rebuke Peter, he then addresses the crowd. Can I highlight something to somebody here that, that aren't you glad that Jesus can take you aside too? Amen. Peter thought he was doing Jesus a favor. Let me take you to the side, not embarrass you. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> You're you going about it wrong. But look what Jesus says. Since we're over here, let me tell you, get behind me, Satan. I don't know about you, but there's been many times in my life I was in the crowd, but just wait till I was by myself to correct me. Say, so you're going the wrong way. How is it that I'm going the wrong way? Look what happened here. He says, get away from me or get behind me means this, that you're in the wrong position. Let me drive this home to some people here. If you are not the recognized leader, but you are trying to do the leading, you're in the wrong place. I figure I'd get some, some scattered claps on this. Because if you look at the text, who is the master? Jesus. And who is doing to correct him? Peter. Y'all catch that? You teaching a class, but I'm going to tell you how to teach it. Wait, wait, it doesn't go like that. 
one of my favorite characters in wrestling, the name was a rock, and he used to say this, shut your mouth and know your role. And I prove that in our lives, sometimes we doing a whole lot of this, and we need a little bit of this. <laughs> we need to shut our mouths and know our role. Peter thought he was talking some, some sense into Jesus. Jesus said, no, you're talking nonsense. Be quiet and get from behind me, saying you are a snare, you are an obstacle, you are a trap. What's pointing out here, Cephas, the rock, has now become a rock in front of Jesus. I don't know about you, but if a rock falls in front of you while you're driving, it becomes an obstacle. It's kind of dangerous to travel that way. Do you not see those signs if you ever go through the mountains? <laughs> Warning, falling rocks. They let you know that it's possible an obstacle, a dangerous trap might come your way. We in our lives need to realize that when I think I am the leader and I am not the leader, I have become an obstacle. I have become a trap. I have become dangerous and I need to remove myself. Y'all quiet on me. I, I'm just saying what Jesus said here. He said this to Peter, the rock upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, who got out of himself thinking he was doing something right. His heart was in the right place, but he's doing the wrong thing. Am I talking here to somebody here that you have good intentions, but you're doing the wrong thing? That's what's happening here. He had the right intention, but he's doing the wrong thing. So Jesus privately corrects him and then publicly addresses the disciples. Says, if you want to follow me, again, come after me. You must put away your selfish ways. Put away your selfish ways. Our selfish ways is as Peter, I want to do what I think is right. Jesus, this is not the plan. God forbid this happened to you. That, that, that's not right. That's what we tell the Lord. The Lord tell you to wait. But Lord, no, God forbid I wait. No, let me go get it now. It's mine. I heard so many, many people tell me, name and claim it. So, Lord, I'm going I'm to name and, name and claim it. I'm going to go ahead and get mine. People are telling me that, you know, it's good to be number one. So, Lord, let me cut corners and be number one. Everybody else is doing it, so why should I be any different? I'm going to get mine. That's the world mentality. And so if you want to go by the world's point of view, that's the wrong way. But we need to go by whose point of view? God's view. For his ways are higher than our ways. So this is the, cir the circumstances and the situation that we need to look into this place. The realizing here that God, no longer am I going to go by my thought process, my instructions, but truly believe what Proverbs says. Trust the Lord with all my heart and lean not to mine own. But in all my ways I will acknowledge him and he will what? Direct my path. I like how the New Living Translation said he'll make a crooked path straight. In other words, that what obstacles were there, he'll be removed. So therefore, I need to remove myself. Because oftentimes the worst obstacle is not somebody else who I want to point the finger at, but it's myself. I can point it at you, say you in my way. But oftentimes, as he says, how can I tell about you? You got a speck. I got a plank. I got to fix myself. So here in this situation here, we tune and realize what is blocking me, what is hindering me from following him. Because I must turn, I must repent, I must deny myself as well. I must give up in serving and living in my family that's no longer about what I want, but what do they need? 
It's no longer how when we go to our job about how I'm only going to do my position and worry about it, not worry about anybody, but say, not only can I do my position, but how can I help my next person? Because if they succeed, I succeed. But we live up, we live in such a selfish mentality that what? Survival of the fittest. If you can't do it, that's on you. That's not my fault. But that's not what Jesus is teaching us. That we need to deny our self. So in this process, if I deny myself, then I would secondly take up my cross. Tell your neighbor, take up your cross. To somebody, tell them, take up your cross. Now speak to yourself. I need to say, I need to pick up my cross. You understand there's a possession that you can't carry somebody else's cross. Because when you are carrying the cross, grab this here, it shows that you are under the surrender. There's the, the subjection of Christ. Because the significance of this cross that Jesus is pointing out to them, if you look closely, what did he say? The Son of Man must go to where? Jerusalem. What's going to happen there in Jerusalem? He says, I'm going to be killed. But three days I will rise from the dead. He's pointing out to them, how will I die? I'm going to die on a crucifixion. I'm going to die on the penalty and the punishment of the cross under the Roman government. The Roman government instilled this punishment to show that even in your death, you are still under our rule. And that's how you got to carry this cross to show everybody in this world that you can't even escape our punishment. But can I help you out that the Roman government gives that to you as a burden. They give it to you as a punishment. But Jesus gives you the cross as a blessing. Tell your, your your cross is your blessing. Now you might be confused. Reverend, how can a cross be a blessing? Let me tell you here. What did Jesus say? Come all ye who are what? Heavy burden, heavy laden, for you can find what? Rest for your soul. So put on my what? My yoke. For my yoke is easy. My burden is, hello somebody, your burden is heavy, but what I got is light. So pick up your cross. Y'all grab that. He's showing us that what I'm going to give you is not easier than what the world's trying to give to you. Come on. It's hard to keep up with the world. If I'm trying to be like the rich man and I'm always robbing Peter to pay Paul just to act like I got something, it's hard to do that. But it's easy to get bologna sandwiches. Not trying to have steak every night, but having my own steak dinner, having some fried bologna, some mustard, that, that can go right it down. But see, we, 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 we don't want to ever go back. Heard of somebody say it this way, that once you buy somebody something big, you can never buy something less. Go buy a big diamond, can't go get a small diamond now. <laughs> buy a big fancy car, can't go get a smaller car now. Move into a big, fancy house. Can't go buy a smaller house now. No, everything got to keep at that standard because that's what the world teaches us. Because why? The people look at you kind of funny and say, oh, what happened to you? But when we're living for Jesus, I don't care how you look at me because I know that greater is my reward in heaven than here on earth. So I can deny myself and pick up my cross because his yoke is easy, his burden is light. So I'm walking with my head up high. 
So when we see here that when I pick up my cross, I am under his blessing. I'm under his covering. And I find I have peace because he will keep me in perfect peace. Those who keep their mind stayed on him. Uh, The Bible also says that he will give us peace that transcends all understanding by guarding our hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Jesus says, I give you peace. Peace. I'm so glad that when I pick up my cross, I am not being punished. I have no burdens, but I realize, Lord, for you I live and for you I die. And so, therefore, I see why he's telling me that if I want to be his disciple, I got to, one, what, deny myself. Turn away from my selfish ways. Two, I need to subject myself and surrender to his rule and truly say without a shadow of doubt that he is king of kings, lord of lords, and host of hosts. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I may love uh, my, my president, my governor, my senator, my mama, and my daddy, but I love the Lord more. I know that he is my ruler. He is my all in all. He is my rock. He is my sword and my shield. He is a present help in a time of trouble. He is my refuge. He is my strength. He is my light. He is my salvation. So that's why I put my unwavering trust in him. As the psalmist say, in you, Lord, I wait all the day long. I'm so glad that I can look up to the hills from which cometh my help. And my help cometh from the Lord. So I'm so glad. Hallelujah. That my Jesus let me know as long as I got King Jesus, I don't. (laughs) And so, and I let go of me and I grab a hold of my cross and surrender to the Lord. Look what happens now. I'm following him. Every day with him is sweeter than the day before. I was saying earlier about how I could look over my life and. Realize that in those times before now that I didn't think I would see today. That as bad as I think it was then, I thought it couldn't get any worse. But my God was faithful then. <laughs> I sure enough know he's going to be faithful now. <laughs> if he could bring me out of trouble then, uh, I know he can still bring me out of trouble now. Um, am I talking to somebody here that realized that when I let go of me and hold on to him, uh, I find out I don't need anything else? So I can deny myself. I can pick up my cross and follow him. Why do I follow him? He gives us the reason. What does a man profit? To gain the whole world, but lose it, his soul. I, I like the next rhetorical question. It's, what is your soul worth? And he, he didn't need nobody to answer the question because he knows what your soul worth. It's worth my life, he said. You say, I don't see that in the text. <laughs> I know you don't see those words there, but let me tell you what he said. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever believeth shall not perish but have everlasting life. What does that say? That that means that I love you this much, I will give you my life. Uh, that's what your soul is worth. It's worth my life. I said, I still don't see it in there. Well, he said, great, no greater love than this. Than for a friend to lay his life down for another. Tell your neighbor, what's my soul worth? It's worth everything. Because he didn't come as an angel. He did not come as a beast. But he came like us to save us. And so we see here that 
what he's pointing out to us that in order to be his disciple, tell your neighbor, you need to give up everything. Oh, y'all quiet on me. Y'all need to tell your neighbor, you need to give up everything. Uh-huh, yeah, y'all, I'm, I'm going to have to be long now, so y'all done messed up. Because the text is saying here that in order for you to be his disciple, you need to let go of everything. He says, if you try to save your own life, you will lose it. Hello. But if you give up your life for my name's sake, you shall save it. So if you're not willing to let go of everything, you lost. Because he's pointing out to us that you can live for this world. You become rich, but you, you will truly lose your life. And so what does that gain? It gain nothing, nothing. What benefit is in there? That you gain the whole world, but lose your soul. But if you lose your life for what my name's sake, you shall save it. And he's pointing out to us, when you look at this, look at this text. That if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my, for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit yourself with the whole world, but lose your soul? Is anything more than your own soul? And look how he makes that shift. For the Son of Man will come with his angels and the glory of his Father. So he's pointing out to you that if you don't get it right now, it might be too late. So I'm telling you now, look, Jesus says he is preparing them, warning them, I am going to Jerusalem. So he's trying to prepare them so that they know how to follow him while he won't be there with them. Y'all catch what's going on here? That he's letting them know that I am physically here, but I will physically be gone, but yet you're still able to follow me. And the way you will be able to follow me that you no longer follow your instructions, your directions, or what you think is right. But you will deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow after me. And when I pick up my cross, it means what I am under the subjection, under the, 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 I will surrender my soul, my life to the Lord. And that I will say, Lord, no longer my will, but thy will be done. No longer when you are getting on my last nerve will I allow my flesh to get the best of me. But I will surrender to the spirit and be willing to ask for repentance and forgive and forget one another and help each other to encourage one another. Because why? I realize in my flesh it's easy to fight and punch and kick and spit and do all that other stuff. But yet if I'm surrendered under the presence of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, meekness, self-control against such things that there is no law. So when I'm under, hallelujah, the unction of the Holy Ghost, I'm able to withstand the punishment, the ridicule of this world. Because you can call me outside of my name. You can call me all kinds of things a punk a sissy you can call me what you want but one thing i know is for sure my name is written in the lamb's book of life my name is on his lips because he intercedes on my behalf and catches he don't got a way to lie my lord got the master's ear because he's seated at the right hand of the Father. So if the left ear ain't working, the right ear, I sure enough know it's working. Because he's on the right side. Yeah. <laughs> and what I want to point out here, that when I surrender to Jesus, Jesus letting you know, don't worry about it. It's all 
on me. <laughs> what do you mean it's all on me? <laughs> well, if I look at how I'm supposed to follow my Lord and Savior, did he not go to the cross? Did he not go up on Calvary Hill? Did they not put nails in his hands? Did they not put nail in his feet? Did he not say, Lord, forgive them? They know not what they are doing. Did he not say it is finished? Did he not give up the ghost? Did he not rise from the grave on the third day? So, so, oh, death, where is our victory? Or sin, where is thy sting? What's that got to do with me? Well, if I follow Oh, my Jesus, you can try to kill me, but I'm going to get back up. How can I get back up? Well, Paul said it, that I am like an earthen vessel. And there's something inside of me that's stronger than the pressure that's outside of me. You try to crush me. You try to crack me, but I can't break. I cannot be destroyed. You can cast me down, but I won't shatter. Why? Because there's something greater in me. And so when I surrender to my Lord, we get power of the Holy Ghost. Tell your neighbor, I got the power. (laughs) And when you know you got the power, you know that, Lord, it's easy for me to surrender to you. And we and, and cast this, cast this. Do you want to have peace when you wake up in the morning? Think about how when you do what the Lord asks you to do, you're not a, you're not ashamed to get up the next day. But when you're doing dirt, you feel shamed and dirty. You don't want to show your face to anybody because you're upset with yourself. Hello, somebody. But when you surrender to the Lord, you wake up every day ready to serve and realize the Lord gave me one more day by His grace. And his mercy. And you might want to go ahead and sing that hymn. It says, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. So realize that he is good. The psalmist says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I realize that, Lord, in order for me to be obedient to you, I realize for surely goodness and mercy shall follow me, I first got to follow you. Y'all, y'all, y'all catch that in the text? Because if he's my shepherd, the sheep follow the shepherd. So not only he got my back, I mean, so, I'm sorry, yeah, you not only got my back, so he got my front. So I don't have to worry about it. I tell you that, I don't have to worry about anything. So go ahead and let go. Go ahead and let go and let God. Let go of the desires of the flesh. The flesh at night wants to do some tricky things, but said, no, Lord, I'm going to serve you. Let go of those of that tongue that have desires for things that's not good for the body. Say, no, Lord, I'm going to serve you. Because the more you desire those things of the flesh, it's became an obstacle before you, and it's hindering you from following him. Has anybody ever tripped before? And you tripped because you did not see the obstacle before you. Am I right about it? How many times you walking on the sidewalk, you think the sidewalk is level, it's flat, but there's a bump. And when there's a bump, your, your toe happens to catch it. And you stumble and fall. Or you try to catch yourself on, on, on back at Hampton in school. We catch ourselves. We say, oh, and one. We try to play it all. Not try, to stay, try to stay cool. But when you stumble, when you trip, it because you did not see the obstacle before you. But if the Lord is, is leading you, hello. He is dis- destroying and defeating everything that comes your way. How is that? Because nothing can defeat us. He is taking us where he wants us to be. So you are going through a hard time in your life, but if you follow the Lord, you're where he wants you to be. 
I know we don't want to suffer things, but look, he said we're going to follow him. Did he not say, I got to go to Jerusalem? We too have to be willing to go where he wants us to go, knowing we may suffer. But know that if we follow him, if he wins, we win. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to close with this last illustration. That in following Christ is sort of like a, a basketball game. It's March Madness time. And you know when the game gets most exciting in the last few seconds of the game, and the team you're rooting for is fighting hard to come back to win. They're down by one point. The other team has made their comeback and got a point up, and you rooting for your team to get that last shot. They need to score, and, 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 and they need to score, and they get the ball. They turn it over, and they, and they got to foul that player now to put him on the free throw line. He missed one. He missed the other one. Now they're down two points. Now they, can't, they, they, can, they can win the game with a three or tie the game with a two. I don't know about you, but sometimes uh, I, I, when we're down, we start saying, can we get a three? Can we go for the victory? But sometimes when you just get a tie, you're just excited. Why are you just excited when you get a tie? Because you got more time. So I don't know about you, but there's been some times in my life I've been down and I've been out. <laughs> but I turn it over to Jesus. And he made that shot for me and took it into overtime. And so now I got some more time to get the play right so I can win it in overtime because he's been good to me. Has he been good to you? So I can deny myself and pick up my cross and follow him and shout now because I got some more time. Good day, Natchez. May the Lord bless you real good. But on your way home, if he's been good, you ought to test if I tell somebody, I'm in overtime. <laughs> the game should have been over. I should have been out. But I made it. I made it. I made it. It wasn't on me, but it was all on him. He's my MVP. He's the greatest of all time. He's my rock. He is the son of God, the one of the son of the living God. So that's why I can follow him, because I know in him I'm going to make it. Let's turn to him for a word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you that, Lord, we made it. Lord, there might be someone here just thinking, I don't think I can make it. Lord, your word reminds us that it we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God has raised him from the grave. They shall be saved for all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus, you reminded us that you loved us in such a way. You said so much. You gave your only, your only life for us that whosoever believe in you shall not perish but have everlasting life. Lord, I thank you that you did not come to condemn us, to punish us, but you've come to save us. So, Lord, if they think they can't make it, Lord, we thank you. You came to tell them you can make it. Put your faith and your trust in him. And who the Son sets free is free indeed. And, Lord, we will decide on today and forevermore that daily we'll deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow after you. So every head bowed, every eyes closed.
If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just raise your hand. If that's you, that's you, that's you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I see no hands. Hallelujah. Lord, we just pray right now, God, that we show no hands come over that all know you, O God, that all will surrender to you, O God, that all will turn away, that all will repent, Almighty God, from our sinful ways and turn to you and trust you to lead us, direct us, and keep us. And, Lord, we pray right now, Almighty God, for our hearts that we stay focused on you. And then, Lord, we pray right now, might be somewhere here who does not have a church home. We welcome them here in this place. That, God, if you guide them or direct them here, Almighty God, may we welcome them with your loving, warm embrace. With the God, when, that we help them to minister to them, Almighty God, as they will help us, O oh God. And that together we'll build a better community, ser- uh, serving this community, proclaiming your truth, and helping out this, uh, those who need, Almighty God, Lord, the poor, Lord, the hungry, Lord, and the naked. That, Lord, we will serve them, Almighty God, as we're serving you. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen.